leading us in worship. So good, so good. Man, I hope that this was exactly what you needed today. We started a new series last week called The Light. And I don't think that anyone is in disagreement about what our country needs right now, right? I mean, I think we all need some more light. I don't think anybody's suffering from too much light. And as we go into this morning's message, we also want to take a moment and welcome all of our online church and online friends. Would you guys welcome them to our streaming service right now? We miss you guys, and I hope that you can contribute and participate with us via the virtual service. Um, we're going to be getting into a message today that I'm going to call the first day, the first day. And we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to be comparing it to the light that God created. And I think we're going to be able to look into our lives and see that the same pattern that God followed in creation is a pattern that we can avail ourselves to at any given moment and make our lives instantly better. And I was thinking about first days, and I'm going to call this the first day feels. Um, every parent in here that has a school age child went through the first day feels this week and the church said, amen, right? But it was a different first day than normal, right? Everybody, right? Like I woke up and, and I, I walked by my child and um, he's sitting at the kitchen table and has his pajama pants on, right? Anybody else like had this? And I thought, this is weird. This is just weird. Like he's at school, yet he's not at school and he's in his pajamas talking to his teachers. That just seems really strange to me. Am I the, am I the only one? I'm like, get on out of here. Take them school anyway. And so so I was thinking about first days, and I thought about first days at work, first days in a new church, first days for some people, this is the first day back, and how whenever you have those first days, it always is the same. There's always a, a little bit of nervousness. There's a little bit of awkwardness. Your first day in school, you're thinking like, am I going to find people that like me? Am I going to find my people? You might be nervous, like, am I going to do okay in this school? You're coming from other so school system, and like, is this one going to be harder? Are the teachers going to, all the things, all the things. You're at work, you walk in there, and you're like, well, who's my boss going to be? Are they going to be a good person? And like, maybe you walk in, and there's instantly a transition. Oh, like, corona, there might be an instant transition. Like, hey, no, everybody's going to remote. Okay, everything's good now. Okay, come back. Oh, wait a minute. No, second wave. Go back home. And Everything that we try to count on and base our lives around is really inconsistent. And when we go through those first days, there's usually going to be that, that transitional space, that awkwardness that occurs in your first day in a church. I mean, if this was your first day in our church, and I think about it, like how weird would it be to visit a church right now in some respects? Because you're walking in and like people are all in masks and that's usually not good. But now it's normal, right? And like all these weird people are in masks. And they say you come from like a, a real uh, traditional church and you like kind of shopped online. And then you walk in here and guys are up here with the guitars like, Rawr, this is how I fight my battle. And you're like, whoa, whoa, man. Like I'm used to like more of a Catholic style. And so there's, there's all these awkward moments that are happening when it's your first time, first day. And, and I even think about your, your first season of marriage. Was that awkward for anybody? Like, you, I've known people that dated 
for years. Even some that, you know, maybe cohabitated for years, like maybe five years, 10 years, and then they get married. Marriage will change a relationship. I don't care how long you've been dating. And the church said, it's different. It's di those first months slash years of marriage, that's, that's a, it's just a new ball game. It's a new ball game. Trying to figure out like which side of the bed you get. Is anybody else like, you know, you, you think you're like so like, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Whenever someone is, is uh, flippant or, you know, adventurous. What's the word? When you want to be adventurous? Spontaneous. Uh, I challenge any married couple in here tonight. Sleep on the other side of the bed tonight. All right? So I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. And so it's, it's just weird how we become these creatures of habit. And right now, Corona has changed all of that. For the foreseeable future, our new normal is shaking up our world. And I thought every week I'm trying to bring hope and healing and light. And I hope today that that's exactly what I will give you. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, the first day. The first day of all creation. Before this first day, all there was was God. And you're saying to yourself, well, how is that where I don't know? I, don't, I wish I knew that when we get to heaven one day, we can ask God. But before there was anything, there was something, and that something was God, because you can't have creation without a creator. There has to be an original source that has the power to create in order for there to be creation. Ergo, it was God. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. That means it was shapeless. It was void. That means it was empty. And it says the darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's almost as if the spirit of God is literally hovering over, waiting for the Godhead to speak the next action. Like, I'm ready. Like, put me in, coach. You know, it's like the guy sitting on the edge of the bench. It's just like ready to get in there. And the spirit of God is the first day. It's like sitting there like, okay, God, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? We got the heavens and the earth. We got, and there's nothing in it. Like, what are we going to do? And then the next verse says, And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now understand, this is not the creation of the sun and the moon. That's coming like around day four. All right? This is just God saying, let there be light. All right? He just spoke it into existence. We'll get to that in just a moment. And God saw that the light was, everybody, let's say this together. And God saw the light was good. Oh, man, the light is good. If you were wondering, if you're choosing today between darkness and light, the light is, he didn't say the darkness was good. He said the light is good. And so he said the light is good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Let's unpack the first day in human history. Not even human history, I guess creation history. Let's unpack that for just a moment. I thought, I thought before there was light, what did it look like here? Before there was light. And I think that if we look at the similarities of life on earth before there was light, we might find some lessons for ourselves today. For instance, before there was light, it says that everything was without form. It was shapeless. It, it's kind of like when you uh, see a, a potter 
with a piece of clay or whenever you see someone getting ready to, to carve out a statue from, a, from just a block of granite. Or, or maybe if we put it on a child level, it's like they get Play-Doh, right? And they all dump it out and it's just like this glob, but it's not shaped into anything. It's shapeless. It's potential, potential. It can become something. It can be formed into something. But at the current moment, without light, the earth was shapeless. And then it says it was void. It was, vo it was, it was empty. There was nothing in it. God spoke the heavens and earth into existence, but there wasn't trees. There, there weren't plants. There, there wasn't life yet. It was just this ambiguous, abstract, big ball of nothing. And then he said that there was darkness. There was darkness over the face of the deep. And I started looking at that and I thought, how many people could relate their life right now to what life looked like before light was created? I wonder if anyone has felt during this season, whether it's related to Corona or not, you walked in here today and there's some areas of your life that are shapeless. There, there are some areas of your life that are potential. But right now, the process has been halted. What I noticed about God is that when he spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, and while there was darkness, and while there was a void, and while there was this emptiness, this formless structure, God did not want to stay and never intended to stay where he started. That God expected progress in the process of creation. And I think what we're going to find is there are seasons in our life where we feel empty. Where we feel like there's this void. Having talked to a lot of people, having talked to a lot of pastors, even put up a post in my neighborhood yesterday just trying to speak to people where they're at. And I think a lot of people have felt that profound darkness, that profoundness of, of isolation. And you can feel an emptiness. Whenever we become disconnected, sometimes despair starts setting in. A certain level of depression starts setting in because God didn't intend for us to live in isolation. And I'm seeing sometimes people that are perfectly rational become irrational during a season. And, I, and I'm trying to say, how as a pastor do we recalibrate, recalculate? How do we steady ourselves in the midst of stormy waters? As God looked upon the darkness, the void, and that which was shapeless, he said, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Just light. He didn't like go gather the parts like we go to Ikea. Has anybody ever enjoyed that experience? Like, like oh, I'm going to go build some shelves. No, you're not, okay? You're going to try, but if you're like me, you'll have pieces and it just doesn't go together. But the picture looks nice. But, but God didn't like go gather the parts and like construct light. Do you understand that? There's, there's a word for this construction in the Bible. It's a Hebrew word called bara. And it means creating something out of nothing. Only God can do that. 
Just imagine, there's nothing. There's just darkness all around. And then God just says, let there be light. It's like, and there's light. There's light. I mean, how amazing is that? Think about that. God's word has the power to bring things into existence from nothing. I, I, I don't know if anyone in here ever feels like, well, I, I would pray about that, but, but how would God be able to help my situation? He can speak something out of nothing. Are you hearing, are you hearing what I'm, like, you, you can't have a problem that God can't solve. Like, if you are going to try to figure out how to get out of the darkness that you are in, please, please for just a moment consider that he just said from eternity past, let there be light and there was light. I don't know what it is you need this morning, but if you are trying to figure it out the way that you would figure it out, how would man have, like we would have sat around like, oh, well, let's just do some equations and let's do some tests like, you know, old Thomas Edison did and, you know, I'll fail. God has never failed. Do you realize that? Like first shot out of the gate, let there be light. And there was light. I mean, that's the kind of God that we have. If you needed some confidence today, I would just ask you, run to God's word for your light. Don't, don't try to figure it out. Try to find it in God's word. Run to the light that is his word, and all of a sudden he will illuminate your path. God has the ability through light. Think about it. The world was uninhabitable before there was light. If God had not created the light, we would have lived in a forever dark. And I think sometimes people are feeling like they're in a forever dark. But understand this, God is progressing always. First day, progressing toward the light. God said, let there be light and there was light. And I hope today that you are resting on his word. That he can speak something out of nothing. And then I want us to think about the way he measures it, the way he measures time. Because a lot of us will relate to this, will understand this. It says that the evening and the night were the first day. Consider that for just a moment, that, that we have little sayings that we measure our hope with, right? We say the night is darkest just before the dawn. Oh, I can see a light at the end of the, anybody? Tunnel, right? We, we have phrasings and it all revolves around when we are in darkness, there's despair. But when we find light, we find hope. So what is it that you need more of today? Do you need more darkness or do you need more light? As God was showing us his pattern in creation, we understand that also everything was potential and then the moment that he spoke life into the darkness, the potential that was the heavens and the earth that was formless, that was shapeless, that was not immoral, it was just amoral, all of a sudden that which was potential had endless possibilities. And do you see the similitude in your life? That when God breathed life into man, he had potential. But until we have that light in us, that is all potential. God could do with your life incredible, great things. But we have to move from potential 
to God's endless possibilities. And the thing that differentiates those that have those endless possibilities with those that are stuck in potential is whether or not we receive the light of Jesus Christ into our lives. But the moment that we say yes to Jesus, think about the endless possibilities that are before you as a believer that with faith in your life, nothing would be impossible. And so God said, let there be light. Another thing I noticed is that it's impossible for there to be life without light. Now this is basic science. I'm sure that everybody understands it. Like you gotta have a big ball of fire in the sky and then it works with the green things down here and then the green things produce oxygen and then the, the people that are sitting in this audience, we produce carbon dioxide and then it creates this circle and that's what makes ultimately life possible. But I'm a nerd and I like to study and I like to research things. And so I was thinking about the, the creatures that live at the very bottom of the ocean where there is no light. Has anybody seen these recently? Like, they've been featured in, in some movies recently, these, these weird creatures that have these big piranha-like teeth. Has anybody seen these? You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's like some strange stuff that lives at the bottom of the ocean. And I was like, well, there's no light down there. If we were trying to like prove out this theory that I'm positing to you that there has to be light for life, there's no light down there. So how is it that light continuum works for the bottom of the ocean? And, and so I was like, you know, curious. And so I Googled it this week. I was like, well, how, how do those things survive down there at the bottom of the ocean where there is no light? They're dependent on dead things falling down through all the layers toward them. And then they are able to sustain themselves in the darkness off the things that are falling from the lights above. So even the things that are down in the deepest, darkest places are still dependent on the things that are living in the light. And that made me consider something. That I bet there's some people during this season, and it may be corona, it may just be sin. It may be pain, it may be hurt. It may be financial distress, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We've all had a season when we've been at the bottom. And we've all had a season where we were in the darkness swimming, swimming around. Some of you, some of us, and I, I'm going to tell you I have them too. We all have these seasons that we hope our children never find out about. Anybody, amen, praise Jesus. Anybody, anybody have any of those? Yes, testify, don't lie in God's house. We've all had a season when we were swimming at the bottom. Isn't it amazing that even when we are at our darkest moment, that God created a system by which the things that are coming from the light are still falling down and reaching to the deepest depths, trying, trying desperately to get you to swim towards the light. If I, could, if I could preach to you for just a moment, if you're in a season where you're swimming at the bottom of the ocean in the darkness, understand this, that God is trying desperately to get to you. If you're watching online and you're looking for just a little bit of hope, I promise you, God is trying to provide light even, even in the darkest places. He said, let there be light. And there was light on the first day and that light made all the rest of the days possible. It made life possible. 
I want you to know that it doesn't matter where you're at, that if you would allow God's light in, life becomes so much better. You're looking for meaning? You're looking for purpose? Let light in. Let light in. You're looking for answers? Let light in. I was thinking about that first day, and it made me research, go Bible nerd, and, and I wanted to say, like, what were other days that were first days that were significant in the Bible? And I, I wanted to com compare and contrast creation with what happened ultimately with Jesus. And the Bible says that, that when Jesus was on the cross, there was this battle going on between light and darkness. And as he was hanging on the cross, and all these people were mocking him, it says that when he cried out and said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? It says that a darkness came over the earth, and it was a darkness for three hours. And, and spiritually, I try to imagine through all the different people's eyes, whenever I read the Bible, I try to like imagine what that must have been like. Here these soldiers were nailing him to the cross. Here they are gambling for his garments. Here are people saying he saved others, let him save himself. Here are other people saying, mocking him, hail king of the Jews. And then all of a sudden, this man hanging from a cross who seems like he's powerless at this point says something and the earth goes dark. Do you think that anyone standing in that audience that day were like, we need to reconsider this. Anybody like, like we might have made a mistake. Like, what just happened? Everything was fine. Everything was great. And then, no, darkness. And then there was another darkness. The Bible says that Jesus gave up his spirit and he died. And I want to tell you man's darkest day. Our darkest day. Even though you weren't even there, your darkest day, I promise you, was when the light died. When he breathed his last. The Bible says here in Matthew 27 that when it was evening, so the sun is setting, the darkness is coming. Joseph, this rich guy, took his body down and he went and he laid it in a borrowed tomb. So as the sun died, the sun went down. And then he was laid in this borrowed tomb. And when they rolled the stone into place, there was darkness on top of darkness. Now watch this verse. It says that in verse 61, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. Can you guys go there with me? If you want to get this this morning, you're going to have to go there with me. Two of his trusted disciples are sitting there. And they're watching this giant stone getting rolled over their hope. You ever had a day like that? You ever had like that, that last straw moment? You ever had like, like it could be the simplest, dumbest thing. Like you walk in your house and you flip the light switch on Anybody ever had a day where it was just like one more thing and then you turn it and then like it goes that little flicker and then it goes off? Anybody ever had, it's like flick, oh, it's like, oh, is this, is this another thing 
Does anybody remember that, that little thing where like you get home and it's a rough day and like you go to make the meal and you accidentally spill the thing and it just goes everywhere and like you make this noise and everyone in your household is looking over there like in fear because they know it's like it was the last thing, right? And the smart ones run for their rooms, but the dumb ones are like, <laughs> what else could I add to this? Anyway, it's like the last thing. Everybody has a last thing. It could be the unexpected bill. It could be the flat tire. It doesn't matter how you do life. You will have these days, these seasons, where you feel like you can't take one more thing. And then this one little, tiny, insignificant, ant-sized thing is the thing that breaks you. I wonder what it was like to have follow Jesus all the way to the end, having believed who he was, and then watch as they take the guy that you believe to be the son of God and they put him in a tomb and they roll a stone in place and there's nothing but darkness. See, I think that we romanticize the disciples as having set their clock. They set their alarm like three days. Oh, he'll be back in three days. You need to go read the Bible. That's not what they thought. When he died, they thought it was over. Even the apostles, they weren't sitting up there saying, hey, it's okay, it's all good. He said he was going to come back. He's going to, no. They thought it was over. In that moment, their faith resembled Genesis 1, chapter two, verse 2. In that moment, their faith was empty. It was shapeless. And there was darkness. Man, I would love to tell you that in your journey, you won't have those moments, but you will. I promise. You will have some moments where you, you thought it was going to go a certain way and then something happened and something happened. And the next thing you know, you're questioning God. You're questioning his existence. You're questioning his word. You're questioning his church. I want to help you out though. We got to, we got to go through day one if we want to get to day two. It's, it sounds so elementary, but, but you, you got to get through day one if you want to get to day two. And you got to go through day two if you want to get to day three. For any of you that have started the workout regimen, amen, you got to get through day one, right? You got to get, anybody that started a new job, you got to get through day one. Anybody that's married in here, I promise you, there was a couple of days in there somewhere in the first month, two, year, two year, whatever, where you were like, I don't know if I can make it. You got to get through day one of whatever season you're in if you want to get to day two. In creation, we had to get through day one in order to get to life on day six. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus was buried in the tomb and there was darkness on top of darkness. And then they waited on day two. And then on day three, look at this verse. It says that they went to the tomb and it was at early dawn. Now, the poetic, prophetic symmetry of God is incredible. Watch this. The light was about to rise as the light was about to rise. The, the sun was coming up as the sun was coming out. And when they looked into the borrowed tomb, the stone that had sealed their hope was rolled away and the body that they had watched buried that was dead and lifeless 
was now alive. Do you hear what I'm saying? He spoke something out of nothing, and he said, let there be light and let there be life. I don't know who I'm preaching to in this room right now, but I promise you, if you'll hold on in day one, if you'll be patient in day two, that the sun is going to rise on day three. And we need the light of life to illuminate our paths. I promise you there is no void he can't fill. There is no shapelessness that he can't shape. And there's no darkness that he can't illuminate and give you the light unto your path and the lamp unto your feet. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, during this corona crazy season, for those that have been swimming in the dark, God, that you would give them a first day. That Jesus rose on the first day of the week. That light came out of that dark tomb. That life resurrected and showed that it had power over death. That God, there's no one in this room no matter how much darkness that they are in, that God's light isn't reaching out and trying to save, trying to redeem, trying to give mercy, trying to take the guilt and the shame and put it on his shoulders, nail it to the cross, bury it in the ground and say, I remember it no more. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I promise you life can begin again but we got to get through the first day together. Would you guys stand? And can we worship the God that allows us to have life and light? Would you put your hands together if God has ever given you light and given you life? Has he ever surprised you in your darkest hour and said, I know that you saw the stone rolled into place, but just wait till day three. I'm going to roll it away and you're going to see a life that you never thought possible. He's even greater than you ever thought he was.